conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that likes to surprise their host with secrets immediately before recording the intro. I'm Dan O'Keefe, and I got all flustered, and joining me today is Anna Otto. Anna, what's your secret? Culver's is selling merch. They have a merch store? Yeah, they have an actual merch store, and it made me think of you, and I forgot to send it to you. Like a brick-and-mortar store, or online? No, 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 online, but they're getting on that trend of, like, sending, selling, like, cute clothes that are mm-hmm. branded okay you can get a like a, a culver's blanket that's interesting like, like that yeah culver's online butterburger boutique yes the butterburger boutique the butterburgy boutique okay i'm checking it out right now i want to see what the what the hot stuff that they got on it is i'm pulling it up because this is much more important than the movie that we're talking about they got Socks, bucket hats, a tiny Curtis plush. I like mine big. I'm Uh, allergic. A Culver's mugs. Oh, they got a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah, they got some cute stuff, right? Yeah. It's kind of expensive, but it's for fun. The dog bandana, dying. I'm going to get Culver's distressed joggers. What? That sounds so cozy, though, Loki. They're just joggers with the Culver's logo on the thigh. Ooh. But not running up and down like I wish. It's just small and across. Um, oh, the Culver's crew neck is kind of giving. Also, Please, not the Culver's cropped hoodie. <gasps> <laughs> uh, for those of you who are not from the Midwest and are listening, A, how did you find this podcast? Yeah, and welcome. B, Culver's is a restaurant chain that sells cheese curds and hamburgers. Not hamburgers, butter burgers. Yeah, Dan. Oh, my apologies. You know better. Yeah, I'm sorry. As these original Culver's stan, you know better. The stan. Oh, Louise. Yes. Uh, Anyway, speaking of Louise, the movie that we're talking about today, unfortunately, is The NeverEnding Story 2, the next chapter. I'm going to say something right off the bat. I got to get it off my chest. Uh, the dad actor, the dactor, if you will, mm-hmm. he's a dilf. Uh, well, he is the Flash. Yes. Gage and I had that discussion because, you know, Gage loves superheroes. I do. He was also in Dawson's Creek. He was oh, a dad in Dawson's moody. Creek, right? I how love moody. it. Um Anyway, yeah, Never Ending Story 2, the next chapter, should be called... Eh. Literally. Should be called... It was fine. Yeah. Directed by by George Miller. Not George Miller, the Australian filmmaker born in 1945, who directed Mad Max and Fury Road and Happy Feet. My brain went right to Ezra Miller, actually. How scary. That's terrifying. Flash. No, no, Flash this George wanted... Miller this George Miller was born in Australia in nineteen forty three. Oh, excuse me. 
Yeah, and he is known for directing such films as A Mom for Christmas, starring Olivia Newton-John, Gross Misconduct, starring Naomi Watts, Andre, about a child's encounter with a seal. What? Are these all Hallmark movies? No, this is a real movie. This was Andre, it's like a kid and then there's a seal doing a weekend at Bernie's sort of thing. What? Um, okay. Anyway. Also, I'd like to take a second to apologize. Jester grabbed the loudest toy that she has and is currently squeaking it. So if you can hear that, that's a I figured it was. I figured it was Andre the seal. Found it your is, house. actually. There is a seal in my home. Yeah. Uh. George Miller, who directed this, also directed The Aviator. Not that one. There's another one? From 1985. Starring Christopher Reeve and Rosanna Arquette. Oh, is she related to Patricia? Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, That's her okay, sister. Just sure. yeah. Oh, okay, just making sure. I only know Patricia. Uh, you, David Arquette was married to... Um, Courtney Cox. Oh, yeah. I forgot about David Arquette. Eh. And he was in Scream. Yes. I watched Scream one time, but he was not the one I was excited about. So he's also Matthew Lillard household. Okay. Uh, Anna was talking to me earlier and she mentioned something about Scooby-Doo. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't maybe I don't hold a special place in my heart for the Scooby-Doo movies. Like I watch them, but I don't care. They're what? They were fine. They were not a major part of my childhood. Well, okay. Clarification. So first of all, yes, we are Matthew Lillard household. Yes, he was kind of hot in that movie. We are also a Skeet Ulrich household. Okay. Um, so those are my scream hotties. And also, Matthew Lillard is big in the D&D community. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, D&D standing for Dungeons and Dragons. Of course. But of course. And, you know, I thought I told you Gage loves Dungeons and Dragons. Did you not know that? No, I did. Yeah. So Gage, you know, he gravitates towards celebrities like um, Matthew Lillard and dorks. People married to Sofia Vergara. Yes. (laughs) I only care about people married to Sofia Vergara. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. never any story. Screenplay by Karen Howard, who does not have a Wikipedia page. Starring Jonathan Brandeis. Kenny Morrison, Clarissa Burt, John Wesley Shipp, Martin Mbach, and it says uh, Donald Arthur as Falcor, the voice of Falcor, but the Wikipedia page goes to a former United States Navy Medical Corps Vice Admiral, and I am absolutely certain that whoever put this on the Wikipedia page is wrong. They did it as a joke, right? nobody ever caught it. It's just a different Donald Arthur that they found. Um, probably yeah probably released on october 25th 1990 in germany and february 8th 1991 in the u.s Mm. i don't know what the budget was but it made 17.4 million dollars at the box office definitely less than the first movie oh yeah and on rotten tomatoes it has a 14 percent approval rating i'd like to give you a hot take there were some parts of this that had me going, wow, this is better than the first one. And then two seconds later, it would be like, wait, never mind, this sucks. Yeah. 
Um, I also think it's better than the first one. Thank you. And it's like, not just Jonathan Brandeis is. It's because the dad is hot. No, that's a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because Jonathan Brandeis is charismatic. I think that's it. That's the kid, right? Yeah, the main kid. The one who he was, was in so it. He was so precious. He was in it? Yeah, he was young uh, ponytail. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I knew he looked familiar. Interesting, right? Interesting. He was young John Boy. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. He was also in. He was. He also did the voiceover of Pet Cemetery at the beginning <gasps> of the movie. Oh, the new one or the old one? The old one. The original. <laughs> I love Pet Cemetery. It's Pet Cemetery season, bitches. Oh, get out your undead cats. It's Halloween. Almost. It's not actually. Almost. Halloween. It's September eighth. <sighs> I'm on the same train with you. But like, I, it's I'm not, not Halloween yet. Halloween is all of mm. October. It's still yes. it's fall. It's September. I I fell prey to the uh, Target dollar section because they were selling little jars of like cute craft supplies that were labeled like dragon scales and spider legs, and I I bought some. Okay, that's good. I'm proud of you. I also thank you, Dan. I fell prey. You bought a ghost, got, Dan. Come I bought clean. a ghost. Correct. I I did get a ghost from TJ Maxx because they are TJ Maxx is full force fall i know uh, i gotta I, get a michaels i'm here for it i'm a fan yes. uh yeah never any story two this was bad in it was in, bad in an equal way as the first one mm, breathy it's bad i liked it a little better because i liked that he was actually in the world uh-huh. And I know, Instead of just reading. Yeah, if I'm going to read, why don't I just go read by myself? <laughs> you know what I mean? I can crack open a book. I don't need somebody to do it on a screen for me. Is listening to an audiobook reading? I listened to Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children this year, and okay. I put it on my, my past read books, mm-hmm. but I feel dirty about it. Does that answer your question? So is that a yes or a no? Exactly. I'd like, say it is. I think it is. I, I feel like I finished the book, mm-hmm. but my eyes didn't do the work. My ears did. Yeah, I'd say it counts. Okay, then I'm keeping it on my list of books I read this year. Thank you, Dan, for that reassurance. You're welcome. Don't. Uh, I, I will gladly be your confirmation for Goodreads whenever you need. Thank you, Dan. It is for Goodreads. How did you know? Because what else would you be tracking what you're reading on? You're right. Your notes app? That's just for apologies. Yeah. Oh. Which I have to constantly post for things that I say on this podcast. Um, Shut like up, to, do you really? I, I would like to formally apologize to everybody who is offended by me saying the notes app is strictly for posting apologies Uh, it's also for writing down your grocery lists and then putting the apology underneath thank you can you tell that i really don't want to really don't want to talk about this movie let's just 
plunge through it, and then we can talk about Pet Cemetery instead. I, I have never oh, seen God. Pet Cemetery. Who suggested that? That sounds like a great idea. Oh, you did. God. Oh my God, I love Pet Cemetery. Did you know? I've, you've never said it before. Never. Never. I'm not looking at my Gage and Church Pop Funkos right now as we speak. Not at all. Gage and Church Pop sounds like an anime. It does, because it sounds like Gage and Church is one yeah. word. Right? Gage and Church Pop? Yeah. That'd be Gage better than Ah, uh, fine. Never-ending story. We can do it, Dan. Bastion. Hand metaphorically. Bastion's back, and he's shirtless, and he's ten. So get your head The out kid of the in the Speedo kind of had me laughing, though. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Also, so he's trying out for the swim team, but he's afra- he's afraid of heights, so he can't jump off the diving board. I was on the swim team. We never touched the diving boards. Wasn't dive a separate sport? Yeah, it's a completely yeah. different sport. Exactly. Because all the gymnasts at my school did dive during the gym the gymnastics offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, swimming... You, the highest you get is the blocks to dive in. You never go on a diving board. That's what I thought. I also so. thought it was kind of unsafe and weird to have literal, like, not even high schoolers, just children jumping off a high dive. Okay, it's not. How was old I, were you when I, you first went off the high dive? I'd never gone off a high dive because I have a healthy fear of breaking my neck in the water. Wow, sounds like you have... Acrophobia. You know who else has acrophobia? Bastion Balthazar Bucks. Yes. Um, I, Anna Balthazar Bucks, am also afraid of heights. Like, ten-year-olds jump off of the high dive. Even younger than that. Once you work up the confidence to do it. Well, there's the problem. Yeah, that's... Figured it out right there. Um, So... He goes home and he tells his dad that he didn't make the swim team. And his dad's like, why are you dressed like shit, too? Yeah, the dad was being mean for... I mean, I know I said he was a dilf, but he was being mean for literally no reason. It's like he was trying to bully his own child. Yeah. It's called a tie. People wear it when they want to look nice. Maybe you should try instead of that rag that you have on. (laughs) I was like, not the rag. Dang. The rag that was made by his dead mom that the dad doesn't remember. I mean, it was looking really crusted and busted. I think somebody should have said, maybe we put that away. If it's special to you, you can keep it, but we don't wear it anymore because it's got gaping holes in it. That That's private clothes. Public clothes, we wear ties. He's got to show up to school <laughs> wearing a tie and just get bullied for that next. I would bully him first in line. Absolutely. Nice Where'd you get it? The tie store? Thank you. You're a horrible bully. I'm a great bully. No, what you do is you grab the tie, you drag them over to your locker, you throw the tie over the top, and then you close your locker door. My mouth is agape, dear listener. My mouth is agape. Hey, if you want to bully someone, you got to bully them right. Okay, well, I was the bullied in high school. Listen up, children. Listen up, children listening to this podcast. If you're going to bully someone, lean in. To Put them. your whole bolo into, into it. Them. No, not the bolo <laughs> Not the bolo Uh So, he, Balthazar is like, man, I gotta go visit the bookstore again. He tries to get a how-to book, an advice book, and coriander. Uh, 
It basically goes, if you want an advice book, go jump off a bridge. Literally, yourself is doing the absolute, absolute most. Right. And then he, like, still smiles. He bullies children. And then he's like, I taught him a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to read that <laughs> book and have a great time. I'm good. I'm a, I'm a good he, person for this. He literally gatekeeps for fun. And gaslights. He girl bosses. He is the idol. He's the ideal woman. I want to be like him. Me too. Um, so Balthazar takes the never-ending story again. Um, and he hears the childlike empress calling out to him for aid. Child, not the child empress. The child-like empress. She gives me the ick, ever, even in this movie. She gave me the ick in the last movie. It's a new actress, and I still got the ick. Yeah, she is played in this film by Alexandra Jones. I say it like that because it's J-O-H-N-E-S. Who is more of a producer now than an actor. She peaked, so I get it. Uh, she produced... The Mars Generation and hope, like a documentary producer. Oh, you know who oh, else is a documentary and producer? Executive produced The Witch. Like The Vavitch? The Vavitch, yeah. Okay, girl, pop off. That movie yeah, was great, right? I heard. Good for her. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was really well, really good. Yeah. Uh, who else is a producer? Alex Winter. He produces documentaries. I know. I follow him on Twitter. I know. So do I. <laughs> Wow, we did that at the same time, Dan. <laughs> at winter. Oh, we thirsted together, Dan. I know. Um, so, Bastion, the or he takes the book home and the amulet comes off of the book cover. And he's like, hmm, this is a good sign. And he puts it on and he goes into Fantasia. Into the unknown. Yeah, into he the does. Unknown. But in Fantasia... Uh, there is an evil sorceress named Zayed? Zayed? I don't remember. I literally did not catch her name till the end of the movie, but her outfits were fierce. Yeah, Ma Maleficent Jr. Oh, functionally. She was giving. Yeah. And, and she wants to control, she wants to erase imagination, make kids memories. unhappy, something, yeah. memories. She uh, just memories. wants to eat the souls of children so she can stay young forever obviously just like yeah. what every woman wants who who hasn't tried to do that once or twice amen listen it women if you're trying to eat the souls of children what you need to do is find a child wearing a necktie and then go into their school and drag them by the necktie over to an open locker and then close the locker with the necktie over the top so they're just hanging just swinging and then <laughs> drink their tears yes uh the weekend sings Save Your Tears. Not, the lyric is For Another Day in the published version. The original one was For Me to Drink. Amen. That's how he stays to you. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure Bastion, my neighbor's working out to the weekend right now. Anyway. Hmm. Everybody's working for the weekend. You're right. Is your neighbor any money? I feel like I'd be living somewhere nicer if that was the case. Me too. Maybe my neighbor's any money. Maybe. Something I discovered last night was my building has an overnight security guard who okay, like bougie. patrols outside the garage. And I'm like, why? It's a closed garage. 
Maybe somebody's got a nice car in there. I parked next to a Ferrari. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. No, people do have nice cars in here. This building's way too nice yeah, for us. Um, wow. Yeah. So, Bastian meets a bird-ish creature, a furry Ew. named Nimbly. No, not a furry. Oh. It is. Uh, and, and Nimbly was sent by Xena. The warrior, warrior princess. Warrior princess. Uh, to make bastion use his wishes because every time he uses a wish he loses his memory a memory because he has the Auron amulet he can make wishes uh and when he makes a wish he loses a memory and when he loses all of his memories then this the xena will have control over an emptiness i'm gonna say right now i know it's a little shaky but i think this is a better evil plot than just the nothing. I agree. Like, we have an actual tangible evil villain. Mm-hmm. And she has a motive. Sort of. Motive means opportunity. Yeah. And her plot is actually evil. Taking away the memories of a child whose mom is dead. Evil. I love it. From a certain point of view... Sorry, my dog's currently trying to climb out the window. <laughs> I see that. I'm like, okay. Um, I would say from a certain point of view. However, if the the movie never paints her as trying to be sympathetic, but you could paint her in a sympathetic light as she's trying to remove the memories of pain from him. We only see the happy memories that yeah. fall out of that ball machine. Uh, but if but- you if you shift the focus a little bit, could be different. But I feel like even if you're taking away the memories of pain, you're still taking away, like, important memories. You're taking away those memories of his mom. That's sad. Even though it's like she's sick in bed dying from cancer. Yeah. Don't it's you like want that... to still have a memory with your mom? It's like that song by Fuel. Leave like... the memories alone. Whoa. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh... Bastion, he he meets up with Atreyu again, a, a different Atreyu. actor. This One time who is by. a little bit more racist than before. A little bit. Uh, and don't worry, this actor's name is Kenny Morrison. White, playing a native man. Yes, a, a little bit of a little, little bit of face going on. <laughs> a little bit of face. A, a lot, a whole body. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so they run into a, a group of giants and escape Bug from them. Things. Bug things. And also they're in Silver City, which I'm like, ooh, finally, we're going to the West. So there's a there's a Western TV show set in Silver City. Ooh. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, it's not Bonanza, because that's set on the Bonanza Ranch. Um, obviously. We all know this. It obviously. was on the Constitution test. Yes. Whatever. Silver City, it, it's a poorly constructed Oz. Love that. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but I'm glad we're getting to see a city. Yeah, because you hate rural areas. That is not true. <laughs> that's that's what you said. That is what I said. No, I just, you know, like in the last movie, everything was so abstract. And I was like, eh. <laughs> oh, I really had to I work hate, for it. I hate abstraction. Literally. I was like, oh, this movie is so artsy. 
And yet not. Uh, yeah. So Silver City is mentioned in multiple episodes of The Rifleman. No. As being a distance away from North Fork. Oh, God. You are literally my grandparents. <laughs> hey. Oh, they loved The It's rifle. a good show. Chuck Connors, he's handsome. He's handsome. He was like 6'5". Sure Dang. Okay, suddenly he's hot. And he was a professional baseball and basketball player. Hold the phone. Mm-hmm. Dang, Dan, don't say There's... that around too many women. They're going to start asking for his number even though he's dead. They're going to start asking for his riflussy. Um, Not the there, was, there was one episode of The Rifleman where he was being like tortured and he kind of was like bound up with his wrists above his head against the wall and his shirt was ripped and he was glistening with sweat. Ooh, it's, it's a hot one. Hmm. Maybe I should have stopped leaving the room when my grandparents wanted to watch the <laughs> rifle. I always left the room. Anna, why are you hyperventilating? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Stop. Uh, so, Xena has a, a side character named Triface, which is just a person with three heads. Kind of. He's stupid. He's got more than three faces, though. That's true. It's kind of fun. I'm I fine. I had a little it. fun. I still like Nimbly um, the best, personally. Yeah, and that's where the memory thing is. He every time that he uses a wish, uh, one of his memories pops out in a little ball. That I don't know what they're gonna use with them. They're gonna eat them. <laughs> Nothing tastes better like a child's memory. Mm-hmm. Visit the Coles Children's Museum. Make a child's memory for dinner. Um, Yeah, so Nimby was sent as a spy to make Bastion unable to remember why he came to Fantasia. Because once that happens, Xena wins. Sad. So they go out to try and capture her. And when they get to her, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll lead you to the childlike empress. Why not? Oh, yeah, she starts, like, pretending, right? She's like, yeah. oh, my lord, come with me. And I'm like, you slimy little bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's I mean, looking compared fly. to the rest of the characters, big bitch, because she's much taller than everybody else. She is. But she's smart. She, she is, she's the only uh, savvy character in any of these movies so far. She's the only one with a plan so far. Everybody yeah. else is just vibing. Uh, so as they're traveling to the Empress's castle, she convinces Bastion that his friends are going to turn against him. Gaslight. When's the oh. gatekeeping and girl bossing going to start? I think the the friend thing is also gatekeeping because she's <gasps> trying to, to figure out who 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 he can hang out with, who he can be friends with, and then the girl bossing. She's the epitome of girl bossing. True, you're right. Every look is a serve. Every this look movie... is a serve. I love that. Thank you. Uh, this movie is really just gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Yes! The film. Is this movie a gay icon? This movie's serving. Is this movie, is this movie gay cinema? <laughs> I'm wait- yeah, I'm waiting for the, the revival of The NeverEnding Story 2. Oh my god. It is camp. It is Gayer so than camp. Ever. It is camp! This whole movie's camp! Falcor, queer icon. Why did you say this whole movie's camp, like... This whole court is out of order. Because 
I don't know. Apparently, my mouth is not mat. Like my my tone is not matching my actual feelings today. <laughs> uh, Atreyu also notices that they are walking in circles and being led aimlessly. So he Classic. he picks up on her her girl bossing. <gasps> uh, and as this is all happening, Bastion's dad notices that he's gone. Barney Bucks. Wow, how fucking special for him that he finally right. opened his eyes and decided to parent. Yeah, Bastion's dad, played by the actor who was the runner-up for playing the dad on Boy Meets World based on looks alone. I mean, hotter. Bold take. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. He's also younger. He's like 10 years younger than him. Fair. He just looks like William Russ. Um, so he finds the never-ending story in Bastion's room. And then he sees a sticker on the front cover. It's got the bookstore's address. So he goes to the bookstore. And Mr. Coriander's like, you're, you're going to find the answers in the book. Read a fucking book. Oh, God. It's a problem I with all your kids it. these days. He literally thinks he invented books. All you want to do is go to the video reading. arcade. Yeah, he did. Hey. <laughs> you can't spell read without coriander. You're right. My bad. He literally, though... He's always acting like, he's like, mm. uh, like he would not have survived like Twilight era. Mm-hmm. He would have been like, this is what you're reading. Ugh. Mm. He would have icked himself to death. Have you ever heard of Robinson Crusoe? Oh, God. Swiss family Robinson. Please. Haven't you ever heard of the Crucible? You uncultured swines. Have you never read Mobert Penis? <laughs> Mobert Penis. He uses the full names. <laughs> yes. Only I can call him Moby Dick. <laughs> I know him personally. <laughs> We're good friends. I caught him. I, I have no white whale. I am. What's his name? Abraham Cor- Ehab. I- Ahab? Aesop. <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's Oh, it. God. That was... That was embarrassing. What's that? What's the dude's <laughs> name from Moby Dick? Ezekiel. I haven't had any alcohol. Alan. All I've had is a peach lemonade and some water. Aspartame. Aspartame's looking for his green seal. Ew. Uh, so. Barney leaves, then he comes back at another time with a cop, and the cop is like, there's no bookstore here. There's never been a bookstore here. Yeah, what the F was that about? This weird-ass magic that pops up only here. Uh, yeah, literally, the math ain't mathin' on that one. No. So, Barney starts to read the book, and he is surprised that his son's exploits in Fantasia are written in the book, and he's mentioned Gasping. within. Gasping, screaming, crying, throwing up. The never-ending story. So, back back in Fantasia, Atreyu figures out what Xena is planning. I, If you haven't watched it, her name is not Xena. As I said before, I don't know how to say her name because I wasn't paying that much attention if it was ever pronounced. It might as well be Xena. I don't even remember. I didn't hear her name a single time until the end. It was probably said, but it just didn't have sticking power. Yeah. So Bastion is fully persuaded that Atreyu has turned on him. He is his enemy now. And they start to fight. 
Yeah. They, they, they struggle, and Atreyu gets knocked over a cliff and falls to his death. When I tell you, Dan, that part of the movie had me absolutely shook to my core. Hmm. Shook to my core. I was not expecting a death. Were you? I, uh, no, I wasn't. And then Bastion falls in the water, too, and he has to swim. Yeah? And he doesn't die. Don't sound so sad about it. I wish he did. It would have been more interesting. The movie would have been done. Finn. Yeah. Yeah, Finn pops out of the water. It's me, Mobert. No, Finn, like, the end of the movie. Like, Finn. <laughs> so, Bastion, when he returns to Xena, he, he finds the apparatus with his wish memory thing. And he only has two memories left. The memory of his mom and the memory of his dad. Which means this guy doesn't know how to walk and chew gum at the same time anymore. He probably his doesn't memory, even know how to spell his own specific, name. Yeah, it's not specific about how these memories really work. Like, does he know how to put a shirt on? Is that a memory? How does he remember what he's doing? How does he remember to dance like nobody's watching? Lord. How does he remember to keep searching for that green seal? Mobert. Mobert the seal. <laughs> so Penis anyway, Bastion. <laughs> Penis the seal sounds like a really bad SoundCloud rapper. Ew, probably. Yo, yo, Penis the seal. I'm getting down. Hit me Honestly, with that fat vibing. beat. Mmsk, 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 mmsk. Wait, that was a club beat. I don't know. I'm not a rapper. I can tell. So, Bastion, he uses one of his final two wishes um, that he has, the memory of his mother, to wish Atreyu back to life. Um, he's saying it's something that his mother would have wanted. And then Atreyu gets brought back to life. Uh, and Xena tries to make Bastion use his last wish to return home. And also, mm -hmm. Atreyu is like, think about your mom. <laughs> and Bastion goes, who? Which is the funniest line <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> Why is that of me rolling right now? <laughs> We're supposed to feel. But Atreyu is like, well, what, what about your mom? And Bastion is just like, who's that? The way you said... <laughs> who? <laughs> picturing oh my god it's like somebody's looking over their head who hey damn little old me someone told me that you remind them of an owl who <laughs> i love it <laughs> i'm gonna be laughing i'm gonna be laying in bed in dead silence and i'm gonna start laughing and gage is gonna be like why are you laughing and i'll be like you'll find out tomorrow I think instead of telling him that, I think he just should just respond, who, and have him be more yes. confused. He's like, you, who? Who? Oh, God. <laughs> and then giggle. Oh, that was uh, good. That was good. So instead of using his last wish to wish himself to go back home, he wishes for Xena to have a heart. That had me rolling. When I tell oh, you, I screamed. My jaw was out. on the floor. Literally, I was like, not have a heart, and then she's crying? Yeah, she gets emotion. 
So she, the emptiness within her is destroyed, uh, and she explodes in a blast of light, and Fantasia is restored. But how does he get home? Like, riddle me this. How is he getting home? Uh, he has to jump off a cliff, obviously, which is what he does after he sees the childlike empress. Yeah. That's what I would do, too. But the math ain't right. mathing on that one, Dan. It's a hole. Is he falling back to Earth? Yes. There's a song about it. Okay. You may know it. What's it called, Dan? It's called A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Do I, you know the chorus. If I could fall into the sky... Do you think that Balthazar would pass me by? Would, would would pass from Fantasia into the real world? You're right. Those are the exact words Vanessa hath written onto the page. Yeah, it, onto the parchment. The onto parchment. the stone tablets. The cuneiform. She dipped her quill. Oh, whence I shall fall. Uh, so he jumps off. He, he gets home and the amulet is magically back on the book cover and he he sees his dad and his dad he's like i love you or some shit i don't know then the movie ends and the, i turn off my computer the dad had absolutely no character development uh he learned to love his son hot dog he should have learned how to do that from birth nah what if your kid sucks you gotta try what if your try kid like, your really hardest. sucks I'm sorry that you gave birth to a lame kid. I'm sorry like, that you like what if what if instead of being cool and jumping off the high dive, your kid just like gets really into dumb books for a weird old guy? You're gonna have to ask my father what it's like to have a lame child. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the never ending story too. The next and somehow not last chapter. Ugh. You know, Dan, I have my metaphorical walking sticks out because I am so weary. Yeah. I will... The, the There are a lot of negatives about this movie, but there are fewer than the last one. The negatives are a lot more boilerplate. Like... Yes. The the costumes or the, the animatronics or the miniatures, there are a lot of them. Uh, and mm -hmm. some of them look fine and most of them don't. Um, they had... Better actors, I would say. Better. Like, the dad and the boy are better. Yeah. Which the queen is, was Considering given. that they're the main characters, the three main characters are all better actors, so that's an improvement. Mm -hmm. um, the guy who plays Atreyu is a worse actor. Yeah. Also, he's not... He's white, so... Yeah. Um, but the, the one positive, and it's a gigantic positive that this one has over the first one is that there is a coherent plot. Yes. We did it, guys. There was an actual, like, start to finish. There's a beginning, middle, end. There is some character development. There is a climax, a villain, as opposed to the concept of nothingness. There is an actual villain. A villain with motive. We love to see mm -hmm. it. It... That is such an improvement over the... It's still a bad movie, but it is such an improvement over the first one. Amen. 
Um, I don't... I don't have anything else. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you kind of covered everything. Like, I liked some parts of it, but I think what I really liked was that there was actually a story that I felt made sense to me. Whereas in the last one, things were just happening. Like, it... That's where I'm at. A lot of size. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I do have some trivia about this. Okay, hit me. I'm ready. Uh, the character of the rock biter in this movie. Oh, the baby rock was creepy. Sorry, continue. Uh, not credited. No one knows who played him. Oh. He took it to his grave. Yep. I would too. Uh, TBH. Thomas Hill, who plays Coriander, is the only actor to return from the previous movie. Uh, yeah, why didn't they just make it like, let's put it a few years in the future, and this is Bastion's, like, cousin. I don't know. Bastion's cousin, the bitch. Yep. To, to continue the alliteration that they're doing. Yeah, or, like, even his son. Like, we could have done an even bigger time jump and set it a little bit in the future, like, with no actual year, and just pretended it was his, like, kid. Yeah. Um, the reason the production was delayed so much from the first movie uh, was because Michael End, who wrote the book, sued Warner Brothers over his hatred of the first movie, which I love. I love the pettiness That's of That's iconic. This. I mean, uh, with a movie that bad, I would have sued also. Yeah, and he lost the case, and he called it a, gina- a gigantic melodrama of kitsch, commerce, plush, and plastic, but he likes this one more than the first. Wow. He didn't use the word camp even once. I know. I don't know if Germans have the concept of camp. Das ist camp. <laughs> I don't know. Like, das ist camp, ja. Germany's pretty gay these days. <laughs> That's true. Uh, In so, a good way. Yeah. No, Just you meant clarify, that derogatorily. I didn't mean to be like <laughs> derogatorily. No, I meant it in like a they're very open and comfortable with like People who... But I simply do not care. Celebrate all different styles of life. Celeb- celebrate your life. I do not care, so long as you get to work on time. Literally! Okay, pop off. Give me a pretzel. Let's go. <laughs> uh, there are shots of a trio on horseback. Uh, they're recycled from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Noah Hathaway is playing a trio there, and he is not credited. <gasps> Trash. Uh, because of child labor laws, George Miller decided to only rehearse scenes once before filming so they could maximize the time on set. Mm. Uh, and they also shot with three cameras for every scene, like a sitcom. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Because he was so afraid that they would fall behind schedule. But instead, they ended up so ahead of schedule that the effects team had not completed a lot of work for later scenes that they were supposed to be filming. Oh. Shuck. Um... Jonathan Brandeis, who plays Bastion, um, mm-hmm. he had guest starred on an episode of The Flash. Oh, yeah. I think Gage mentioned that. Sometimes Gage tells me things that he just, like, knows. Sorry. Sometimes sometimes Gage tells you things. Yeah. We have, wow. like, what a relationship. no secrets. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, when this was released in theaters in America, it was preceded by the Bugs Bunny animated short Box Office Bunny. 
cute. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but I'm here for it. I don't either. It was the first theatrical Bugs Bunny short uh, since 1964. Love that. Love that and he it was, found his way back to the screen. It was also the first uh, Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny cartoon uh, where Mel Blanc was not the voice of Bugs, Daffy, or Elmer because he had oh. died two years earlier. Instead, it was oh. Jeff Bergman, who is, still, who is still the voice of Bugs Bunny to this day. Okay, pop off, Jeff. Yeah, good for him. Good job, Jeff. Jeff was 20... Was 30 when he replaced him. Because he's still doing the voices today. Good, That's good, good job. good at 30. Dang. Right? Um, that is all the trivia that I have. Because nobody right. gives a shit about this movie. No, this movie's below par. Yeah. So, Anna, it's below par... But it's the correct time frame. Would this movie be better, worse, or the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas from 1991 as Bastion? So much better. Can you imagine? He'd be... But Can Jonathan I... Brandeis isn't bad. No, he's not bad. I just, I think it would be better and cuter with Jonathan. Ta- Jonathan Brandeis does have those big baby blue eyes. They are so cute. Yes. But JTT was also adorable and a little bit more mischievous. You know what I'm saying? That's I think true. could have pulled it off. And brought his own flair. Okay. Okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. You're putting it down. I'm picking it up. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I think it would have been so much better with Jimmy Stewart as the dad. But would it have been hotter? There was a bookstore here. Oh, ask, ask my wife. She's a librarian. No. No. It's not Christmas <laughs> yet, Dan. It's always Christmas, Hannah. No, Dan. We are, as of this recording, we are merely 108 days away. I thought of you this weekend because I was at a craft fair and I was looking at a bunch of stained glass Snoopies and this woman walks over and goes, ugh, it's always Snoopy, never Charlie Brown, and walked away. (laughs) Why is it not Schroeder? Damn it. Where's Pigpen? In the the dumpster. Literally. Where he lives. Uh, yeah, so on, on a scale of one to five Mobert penises, what do you give this film? One. It's one. still just fine. Not even fine. It's just, I would not reach for it again. No. Um, I give it one and a half. Hmm. It's better than the first, so I have to give it a better score than the first, but just barely. That's fair. Can I give mine 1.0000025? And it's just for Jonathan Brandeis' Baby Blues? Yeah, because he's an adorable child. Yes. Uh, Anna is thirsting for a 14-year-old boy. I didn't say I was thirsting. I said he was really adorable. Mm -hmm. What's a synonym for adorable? Cute? Hot. No, Dan. (laughs) Oh, God. I think my dog is adorable. What's the synonym for adorable? Trash monster, because that's what she is. Perfect. Pigpen. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add before we wrap this, I think, shortest episode of In Conclusion up? Probably. That's what happens when we watch a short movie and we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. Thank you 
for listening. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at and in conclusion on Instagram at in conclusion podcast from Patreon at patreon.com slash in conclusion. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86 and on TikTok at not Dan O'Keefe. Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Optimus Prime 818, or you can find me on Twitter at Autobots Roll Out, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll, and the O in out R zeros. Or you can find me at any craft fairs in the Midwest. <laughs> All of them. Any of Get them. hunting, folks. So that is it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. Next week, we'll be back with The NeverEnding Story 3. Either escape from Fantasia or return to Fantasia, depending on the country it was released in. What? Yep. <laughs> so get excited for that. Ugh, I yeah. thought you were kidding at first. No, I'm not. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, have fun, and get vaccinated. Bye-bye. Bye. Play cornhole at your nine to five with your coworkers. If you miss, you can't even swear. You have to go, oh, dang. A Creative Land podcast.